we're back Perfect. hey hello hello <laughs> um how are you doing maddie i'm doing well um it's really settled in that it's 2022 it's a new year we're we're really in the trenches right now i really feel like i'm in the trenches i mean i'm in like the snow and ice trenches i tried to like Mm. walk my dog the other day and she was like pulling me down the ice and i couldn't move my legs and i was like slip it's very dangerous outside right now i don't know if there's like enough uh people spreading ice on the sidewalks these days but i've tried to walk to places and it's just like really slippery i'm slipping and sliding all over the place winter wonderland it really is a winter wonderland well i think just now i'm kind of like in the throes of uh winter uh icy cold january depression sadness um but i mean it's really it's just normal it's like literally every single year i go through this i'm just like oh god it's like there's no yeah. sunlight i mean yeah, i do january is the worst month it's a, i mean for me it's like january february most of march and some of april but i don't know today actually was kind of nice it was like maybe 40 degrees outside but the other i mean and over the weekend it was like maybe nine degrees all weekend Mm. um it wasn't too bad but i mean still super cold but i don't know i was just i was out and about strutting my stuff i was like you know it's like 10 degrees outside and i was wearing like my skimpy hoe clothes with dasha with dasha yeah yep (laughs) and um walking my dog yeah we should we should preface that dasha is your dog not Mm -hmm. dasha yeah no dasha is my dog's name not obviously not named after anybody i my dog i adopted her with that name um (laughs) she was the only dog available to me so i was like okay (laughs) i mean but there's a lot of chikovian energy going on there like Mm -hmm. it's it's yeah you know it's it fits you oh yeah I mean she's a great dog she's like a mutt and she'll probably live for a long time she's just like a random mixed breed of something or other so um she's built different she really is built different um but yeah and then other than that just working and um trying to I need to break out my like UV I have a large UV light that I turn on in the morning and I stand in front of for like 30 minutes a day because I wake okay. up because re- I, I wake up really early and it's dark outside uh-huh. and it's like good for you to like stand in front of like I guess they call it like a happy light or whatever but I don't feel mm-hmm. happy when I stand in front of it I just feel like okay I'm, I'm waking up now like I just pretend right. it's the sunlight <laughs> that feels like such a prelude to like when we have to live in the pods like that's what's gonna happen is we're gonna yeah have to stand in uh in front of artificial sunlight yeah like the future basically is everybody living in those little japanese capsule hotels yeah and not exposed to any sunlight and then you just like wake up to like artificial uv light every day get um, on your peloton by get on your little your peloton i <laughs> i don't i don't know why but like every I need to look this up. I don't know where this uh, Peloton word came from, but every 
every time I think Peloton, I want to say it in like a Spanish accent or is, is it a Spanish word? I don't know. Every time I hear I mean, it, I, hear about it, I'm like, oh, you're Peloton. I know. I mean, <laughs> I just always like think it's like uh, French, but oh, and that's interesting because you oh, started yes. watching Emily in Paris and um, there's a <laughs> Peloton episode in season two. <laughs> that show killed me. I couldn't get through the whole first episode because I was like, this is ridiculous. Because oh, so you've only seen the first episode? I've only seen the first episode. I mean, we could barely finish it because I'm just like, I'm like, oh God, like this is so cartoony, but and not like, I I don't know. I just something about it. I'll, I'll try to watch the second episode. It's camp. Yeah. yeah like, uh, it's absolutely. Just... But I also kind of liked it because I was like, I was like, oh, I would let my, I would definitely watch this with like my 12 year old daughter or something. Yeah. Like, I think it, it functions as like a really fun kids show um and like also a really fun like young adult removed irony watching show i guess right um, i mean it gets more sexual okay it does the, yeah yes i mean it's french like they couldn't yeah <laughs> the, the sexuality can't be too far away but um it definitely because i mean and it's also a darren star show and he's the guy who like created sex in the city so uh yeah it's it's good i <laughs> i've been thinking a lot about how like marianne williamson reminds me so much of sylvie on that show mm-hmm. they just like look very similar and they almost like sound very similar too so yeah wait wait which one is sylvie is it the lady she's, the, the boss yeah, lady she's her french boss Mm, okay yeah um she's amazing she's one of my favorites she's really pretty all all the french people are very attractive like very french looking Um, they are but yeah i was just getting pissed off at the show because i was like this basically uh is like the narrative of my life because i also worked in uh, ad agency in chicago and you know flying people all, all all over the place and um, I was like, oh, God, I, I can't even I can't even look at like it, it hits too close to home. Like I know you can't escape. Yeah. And then they made like, they're trying and then like they tried to drop some Chicago references in there. And I was like, oh, I got I can't I can't even <laughs> I just can't. You got to buy back your story. Maybe. I know I'm, I'm going to take back the Chicago narrative. I really am because my. Because my Emily in Paris would look more like Euphoria, honestly. Like, oh, just like, because yeah. to, to me, like my uh, Emily in Paris n- narrative would just be like a really melodramatic Euphoria episode with like cocaine, drugs, alcohol, uh, you know, sexual deviancy, um, you know, betrayal, drama, yes. romance, uh you know, just everything like you could want demonic and demonic energy, demonic yeah. dark energy, and everybody's like lit in like the bisexual lighting and um, yes, <laughs> the pink and blue. And yeah, the lighting on Euphoria is incredible. That deserves an award. Yeah, I, I do. I haven't watched, I've only watched a little bit of Euphoria, like the first season, but why do I feel like it only functions? to be like screenshotted and like retweeted and Instagrammed because when I'm watching it, I'm like, wow, everyone's very beautiful, really hot, amazing styling, makeup, everything. 
very tr- like treat for the eyes. But I was like, wow, like, I don't know. I just feel a certain way when I can tell the like the mood board that was created to yeah. make this. I was like, wow, I really see this mood board that w- that yeah. happened. <laughs> before yeah, that, exactly. That's how you feel when you watch it. It's like you're just watching a mood board the entire yeah. time. That's how they reel you in. Well, yeah. And, and the acting is really good. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing is like at the, the performance at, is good at its core. Like there is a very like like sad story at the at yeah. its core about like because like you just you see like how spiritually spiritually lost Rue mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. which like speaks to like how so many young people are today like they have mm-hmm. like they have nothing it feels like yeah um and that's why like they turn to drugs is because like they want to it feels like they want to feel something mm-hmm. um but yeah so yeah. it is Oh. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, something about it. I'm just like, I don't know. Like this is like it's so melodramatic. Yes, and, very. But it's weird because the performances kind of sell me on the melodrama. I'm like, wow, this is pretty good. Like, this is really amazing. <laughs> Hunter. Uh my Twitter friend Pariah tweeted that Hunter Schaefer was off her tea or off her hormones or whatever oh really in the new episode because her voice was so much deeper than it's been since (laughs) the first season oh wow interesting i I love hunter hunter's like one of my favorite like models right now she's so beautiful gorgeous gorgeous girl um just like uh kind of like just like captivating in the eyes like you can't look away captivating mysterious she has a sense of mystique about her like i don't see with a lot of other women in like serial tv i just think like she's really versatile like she can do so many different things like she looks she can perform and transform as in so many different ways and and she's like always styled really well i'm just like wow yeah I honestly want to see her do like a period drama. Yes. Yeah. Seriously. Like that would be so cool. I would love to see her in like a period, like a romantic period drama, or maybe like she would do really good in like a game of Thrones kind of show situation movie. Mm -hmm. Um, or like even some like weird like Peter Jackson Harry Potter situation. Like she can do it all. Like she would, she like is really accessible with a lot of her look is like really accessible with like a lot of different demographics. I feel to be blessed as an actor. I know to be can't blessed. relate. <laughs> yeah, to be blessed, beautiful. She has like a great nose. Like I love like a strong nose. Like all, <laughs> all the girls, all the girls now get like their nose jobs done to like basically get noses like mine, like a little button nose. But mm-hmm. I love like a gigantic, strong triangle shaped nose. Yeah, there it's it's such a rarity. To yeah, see it needs in to. Art. I know. I'm like make the nose, give the nose a comeback, give the large nose a comeback. And I'm hoping that it will. I mean, Alana Haim is bringing it back. Is it <laughs> Haim? Is it Haim or Haim? I don't, I don't know, and I don't even listen to the bands. I've heard a couple songs and I really like it, but I don't regularly listen to them i really i think they're really cool but i just don't know how to pronounce their last name like i just is it haim is it haim is it ham 
Is it? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'll never know. <laughs> I have you would no think idea. I would know, uh, how to pronounce it since I like taught reading for a year, but like. Heim, I'm, I'm a dumb bitch. Can't no. take it out of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand though. Like, I mean, people don't, people don't know how to pronounce my name, even though it's like phonetically, when you read it phonetically, it's, it's, that's the correct way to read it. Um, Cindric, right? It's Sindrich. Sindrich. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> um, we don't we don't know really where that comes from. We believe that it's like an anglicized version of the Croatian word Sindrich with um, a bunch of little squigglies uh, over it. And yeah. ostensibly it means like guitar Sindra player, like guitar play. It's like a guitar. So I I don't know, kind of kind of lame, honestly. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. at least it's not I, like I blacksmith like... or like yes. Cooper. Yeah, Cooper. I was like, what a what a white girl <laughs> named Cooper. I mean, I would take that over my last name. I'm not gonna say my last name, but yeah. I would take that over <laughs> my last name. <laughs> I was um there's a girl on Real Housewives of New York that I've been watching. Her last name is Mortimer, Tinsley Mortimer. Oh, nice. yeah. And um I was just like, wow. And she's like a very like high society southern girl from Richmond. Her family that, probably yeah. owned a series of plantations or something. Because it feels very suburban, which is I, I like. I mean, Mortimer is like the most old-fashioned, deep southern, like your parents have been your lineage goes back to like 200 plus years of this country like very deep (laughs) south upper very high society southern i was like mortimer wow it's crazy did you see that america is now gonna get its own downtown abbey on hbo called the gilded age the gilded age yes and And so but who okay Cynthia, I love Cynthia Nixon. I do too. Wow, Downton Abbey. Though, yeah, so who's it going to be about? About? It's like it takes place <laughs> during the Gilded Age. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm excited. It's... I, I personally, I, I don't know why, but um, Downton Abbey just never stuck with me. I know it's like high society royalty drama but i don't know like it just doesn't hit the first three seasons are so good and See, then that's I what i've heard yeah because they started like repeating storylines the same storyline over and over again and i was just like right. I, I got bored but yeah. there is a like downton abbey has a comfort element to it that i think is unexplored it's just very I, soon. yeah i i definitely see that um yeah, that's how I feel about the movie Call Me By Your Name because I don't really care about the story or anything. I just, I always put that movie on whenever I'm cooking like pasta or something. Like to me, that movie is like synonymous to like a lo-fi chill playlist. I don't know. I don't know why, but every time when I first watched this, I was like, oh, I need to like put this on while I'm cooking. This is just like a fun playlist to me. I like I like the sounds and everything. So I don't know. I recently just watched it 
because he, he it it helped it, it, it like hit too close to home for him. Wait, who um, did who? A friend. Okay. Yeah. And um, but he liked it. He thought it was really good. And it's been so long since I've watched it, but maybe I need to revisit it. Yeah, I I mean I like all of those really gay love stories that are about like pining after someone like sitting alone looking out a window thinking about someone you have a crush on and Me like too. yeah I love all of those like I just rewatched um Pride and was is it yeah Pride and, Pride oh. and Prejudice with Kira Knightley and the guy who <sighs> plays Tom on in Succession what's his name yes I, I don't forget. know but I know he's I was, about Yeah, no, he's an amazing actor, super hot, and it's a very romantic movie. Um, I, I saw really Pride and Prejudice it. on stage a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and they had a man playing Mary, mm. and it was amazing. Like, wow. So funny yeah. and delightful and yeah. just, and a lot of people were like, oh, like the man in a dress yeah. <laughs> trope is, is tired. But like, yeah. it was so good. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Like as long as it's good, like I'm going to be on board. Like if it was if charming. Do, yeah. Yeah. I and mean, we need that. We need, we, we need a good, a good love story. Like a, a romance that has like comedy. It has uh flirtiness. It has sexiness. Like, I don't know. Just like all of those, like, like stupid <laughs> movies like they just have it all you can't deny it I actually just recently watched um we watched this over Christmas I watched the holiday with Jack Black mm. and uh what's her uh Cameron, Cameron Diaz, Diaz Kate Winslet such Jude a cute Law. oh my god such a cute movie I it, also that movie was just super comforting for me I don't know why I mean just like oh, a lot, yeah. it's an older movie and like there's that scene when they're in the video store and I'm like oh my god a video store that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) and then like Cameron Diaz is like singing Mr. Brightside I mean just like all these things from like my uh, teenage tween age years well and to Um, be like locked up in a house yes you know just I mean I we take it for I mean like yes like it happened and like that's why like at the beginning of the pandemic like it was fun because we were like locked up in the house mm-hmm. but like you know like that just like that that idea is very yeah it is sort of like a pandemic movie because like Cameron Diaz gets sort of locked in the house with this guy with Jude Law who just like shows up out of the blue and then she's like we should just kiss and like be stuck in the house together uh, see, that's the dream I know and like uh what what is her name Kate Winslet yes am I right yeah she's like st- stuck they like switch houses and like um they're just like stuck with this like community that they pop into um and yeah it's a fantasy we love the fantasy folks yes yeah <sighs> Just give it to us. I know. That's all that we're asking. Um, how do you feel about um like the Kanye and Julia West situation? I mean <laughs> I mean, I didn't read her interview magazine interview that she did. I don't know. It wasn't even like an interview. It's like this photographer just went to the um restaurant they were at and took a bunch of photos 
of I heard that it was very like confessional but like a heightened kind of confessional yeah I I just like I mean like I said they just Kanye just needs a project he needs like a girl to style and needs something to work on and um I because he's Gay. Yeah, he's gay and he likes theater. He's like a thespian at heart. And yeah, she was yeah. she was saying that in when they went to go see Slave Play, he landed in New York at six and the show was at seven and he got to the theater on time. So Damn. I mean, and when Rihanna went to see Slave Play, she was late. So she's <laughs> the patron saint of that that show. It, yes, yeah, seriously. But no, Kanye, he loves theater. He knows what to do. He what knows do you, the protocol. Do you think that he thought of it? What are you, What are your impressions? I don't know. Just from I what mean, you know of him, I have no. I don't know. I think he would like it. Actually, like I could see him being like, "Yeah, this is dope." I don't know. I can just only see him giving like a one sentence answer. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was great. Um, but I mean, like I like I said, like, and also I feel like the aesthetics of that play he would be really into. Um, oh, yes. But yeah, I do agree that, you know, Julia and Kanye, I was like, wow, this kind of makes sense as like a fun fling, as a fun project, as a fun, a lot of Definitely. opportunity for fashion uh, photo shoots I'm like okay yeah that totally makes sense to me um and if Kim is gonna have fun Kanye yeah, should have fun yeah everyone too. should just like have fun and like let's let's all just leave leave them be um yeah that's the vibe for 2022 is having fun yeah I I really like Julia Fox she's such an interesting personality and like person and has such a has had such an interesting life and I've I always felt like she's like one of the only girls that like actually look good with a BBL. Like there are not many girls. Like usually when I think of BBLs, I'm like, okay, kind of just looks like a circle on your body. But I don't know something about Julia Fox. Like it really looks good on her. Wait, what's a BBL? A Brazilian butt lift. Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah was she was she she was in uncut gems right mm-hmm. yeah that's such a good movie yeah and like she's she was like an art a visual artist and like i don't know she has done like she's like she's from milan and she like worked at a shoe store in new york and just has done all these weird things and like now she's dating kanye west and like i love that <laughs> how do you think they met on Raya? <laughs> um, they met on New Year's. Oh. At a party, I think. And no, they met oh, in my yeah, they met in Miami, Miami. on New Year's. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but now yeah. It's coming back to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know <laughs> I was there too. I'm just like, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Uh. But um, yeah, but other than that, um, what else has been happening? Nothing, I guess. I mean, I just want to like send a, a love to Anna Kashian. Oh yeah, that was crazy. I mean, obviously, like, like one in a million chance. Horrible. It was kind of bringing me back to when I was in the hospital recently, and I'm like, no one likes to be there. Like, no one likes to be no. sick. Um, yeah, that's that really sucks. I really like I last time I was in the ambulance I was like this really really sucks dude like (laughs) 
Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> and for I, your, it's for so your mental health and for your pocket. Exactly. And I, and like getting sick or like having something random happen out of the blue is like the most inconvenient thing. But I was just, I can't really imagine. I really don't understand like the amount of people who are so uh, willing and excited about gloating about someone's misfortune oh God, yeah. or reasons that solely feed their ego. You know, there are a lot of people on like my Facebook that are mostly just like older <laughs> people, like former teachers of mine that all they do is like, I can't believe these anti-vaxxers like, oh, like, oh, this person got sick. Well, should have got your vax. I'm like, wow it's a nice way to imbue everything right with, like that you say with the situation yeah it's like if you're gonna say if everything you say is going to be so imbued with resentment and sadism why are you even saying anything because it obviously has more to do with how you feel than it does the other person especially when like you're not willing to give out any kind of uh, generosity or like willing to like give people you know, any kind of like kindness or uh, sympathy um, or extending any sort of emotional generosity. It just blows my mind. I'm like, why is everyone so socially disintegrated? Well, and I believe like that, that energy is going to like bite you in the ass. Like it's going to come back to you. Oh yeah. The energy that you put out, like you, yeah. Yeah. And what- whatever happens, I mean, this is moralist, but like, whatever happens to like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Like, come on. I mean, it holds up every single time because it exactly. doesn't do anything positive for anybody. So, and like, whenever I do see like people post or like say something negative and like very scathing and mean on the internet, um, I never let it affect me because I know that's it it reflects more about what they're mm-hmm. feeling it's basically whenever anyone has something uh, very mean and like uh, bad faith to say anything on the internet it usually is just code for i'm isolated and miserable and i don't yeah. have any friends or prospects in my life so like this is the only way i can get my goods emotionally um, because the times that I've been like messy on the internet has <laughs> always um, been times where it's it's usually just about me and like how I feel and like just me being selfish never has yeah. anything to do with another person like I feel any kind of animosity towards um, but yeah it just sucks who that there are people who are casualties of that because no one likes to have to be a receiver of negative attention. But I think Anna is like resilient. Oh, absolutely. Like she, she, well, I mean, she's a Virgo. Yeah. She's gonna, she's gonna power through this and mm-hmm. like haters be damned. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, yeah, I definitely, yeah, have faith in her. But I was just like feeling so bad because I was like, if it was me, I'd probably be like, because I'm like emotional and like take everything like super like seriously when I'm like first confronted with it I probably would have been like all of you people are stupid like you all need to get <laughs> lives like blah 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 <laughs> um oh. but yeah it just like is so weird because every time I see something in the news about people getting sick it's like 
wow, they should have gotten their blah, blah, blah vaccine. And it's like, I'm at the point where like the numbers are, I'm like that confused math lady meme where I'm just like, how many vaccines are there now? Like how many I'm on the third or second one? I don't know. Um, Have you gotten boosted? Um, not yet. I don't really, I don't plan to anytime soon. I I honestly (laughs) will, will prop, I probably will get it eventually, but, um, it's just hard to get it for a long time. I have to like schedule three weeks out and I'm like, I'm busy and, um, yeah, it's not like a stop and drive through situation yet right now. So, (laughs) um, I'm like, just, wow, yeah. I, I, or I door dash like Twizzlers to my apartment. Like, why can't I door dash? Like, or, you know, <laughs> I just don't understand. I'm like, you want me to, you, I can door dash like McDonald's. That's probably going to kill me, but yet I can't get, I can't order. Like Amazon can't order me a booster vaccine online. Well, be careful what you wish for. Cause <laughs> yeah, that actually probably would be evil. And it'll probably happen. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Um, Um, let's talk about something like much more fun so yeah (laughs) well okay so we were going to talk about uh legally blonde the musical today and i was just listening to it uh last week i was listening to the soundtrack and it's like so embarrassing but it did make me emotional just because oh, me too. Oh my God. <laughs> it was because it's, it's cold outside and depressing. And I'm like in this place where I'm interviewing and like trying to prove myself worthy to a lot of people. And this musical and this movie, the whole story is essentially a story about not feeling like you have to change yourself or change who you are to achieve greatness or be successful. So I was just listening to it and I was like, God, this like fucking holds up because the lyrics are so deep. It's a literally, she says, I mean, it's about not feeling like you have to be intellectual or say all the right things to know what's good and right in the world. I mean, she literally says, in the Harvard like uh, personal essay number, she's like, even a person who's smart can listen to their heart. Like, it's beautiful. <laughs> yes, I'm. Uh, I was listening to this soundtrack today on my break at work, mm-hmm. and I just I I like talk about like comfort. Like yes, it's a comfort seriously. musical, um, and I I just I I love it. And honestly. Dare I say the last great American musical? No, I, I honestly truly believe <laughs> that um, Legally Blonde, the musical, if you can believe it, is probably the last great American musical that doesn't get enough credit that it it deserves. It was sort of a financial flop. I mean, it was like a flop financially, but it had its moment in the press. It has its it had its time in in its shining moment, but. It didn't get nominated for enough Tonys. It didn't win any Tonys. Um, it was an incredibly opulent and expensive production. It's yes. extremely prop heavy, extremely set heavy. So many moving, gigantic uh, pieces moving in and out constantly. 
but so Part beautiful. Of what makes it so great. Yeah. No, it's so beautiful, insanely expensive, but very detail oriented. And everything in this um, musical is basically made to sustain and preserve the, uh, the message that the movie brought out about being yourself and not feeling like you have to change and not feeling like you have to impress all of the wrong people to be successful or find what is going to benefit you in the long run. Um, just like every single lyric in this whole musical is made to preserve that message and doesn't taint the movie's message at all. Yeah. I, I just like think about that time that, it, cause it came out in 2007 and Broadway was like in such a dark period at that point. Like, just like, cause you know, the recession was about to happen. <laughs> yeah. We were in the throes of a recession, I guess the Iraq war was happening. Like, everybody was just like in such a like dark mood mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden here comes this bright beautiful musical with so much mm -hmm. pop and energy onto the scene mm -hmm. and it just it, it it delights the spirit and I just I I think like it's <sighs> It's literally it's, a musical about staying positive. Like there literally is a song called Positive. Well, positive, yeah. About staying positive and being tenacious with what you want. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the irony of um, what you actually want in life is literally right in front of you. You don't have to necessarily get into the right school, get the right boyfriend, be part of this journey of meritocracy all you have to do is you know look inside of yourself and preserve what you know is actually right and good for yourself and your moral compass because at the end l woods finds out that what she wanted in life was literally right in front of her all along like the way she dressed the things how smart she was the Emmett, who was like helping her along the whole time, was right in front of her. She didn't have to deny this part of her that came natural to her to get what she wanted in the end. She's, I mean, Elle Woods is like a feminist icon. Like feminists should be looking to Elle Woods because like yeah. she like doesn't, she's able to like maintain her sexuality while at the same time is able to have a career you know and yeah. she she's able to balance those two opposing forces yeah she's able to honor all sides of her as someone who has a very um, multiple multiplicity has multiplicity of identity because i think that's what's important about being a person in general in general is that we all have a multiplicity of identity. We have very many personas and parts of us that are so different and are separated from just maybe one definition of being a lawyer or being a, a woman, like we're so many, or being a mother, like we're so many different things. And we kind of tap into these different roles and personas throughout the day. But yeah, Elle Woods kind of represents that we can have this multiplicity of personas 
and roles that we can play in our life. We don't have to be just one stoic, intellectual, serious being, you know, that's only like, that's only uh, so obsessed with their career constantly 24 seven. She doesn't just care about the career. She also is like the, she's the perfect woman. She loves animals. She (laughs) loves family. She says this in the, in the show, she's like extremely family oriented. She stands up for what's right. And she loves to party. She loves to party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, I mean, I can I can understand like why people are like, what? Uh, Legally Blonde in the musical? That's crazy. But literally, it's the only musical like re- movie remake that has come out in the last like 20 years that is actually really, really good. Like it's the best musical uh, movie remake since Hairspray probably because Hairspray was also a movie first um, and, and I don't Hairspray know Hairspray is before uh, yeah like the blonde so, yeah so Hairspray yeah. the movie was before the yeah and then and so is yeah. the musical yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no the the movie Legally Blonde is of course legendary and when it was first coming out that they were gonna write a musical I was like why don't please don't taint this like perfect movie but you can't be mad about it because the musical has so much heart to it and it's a beautiful extension of like the Legally Blonde universe to me. Like, I just think every single lyric is so deep and represents Elwood's morals and virtues and the whole, vir- the whole virtue and moral of the actual story and her character arc. Yeah. Like watching it again, because like there's a very famous MTV production, filmed mm-hmm. production of Legally Blonde the musical, which we can get into. Um, but watching it again, I realized just how much duality like is so important to the story. Like even in Elle Woods, like is a Gemini. Mm-hmm. Like she's a Gemini vegetarian. Yeah. Like, and Gemini is representative of the twins. So mm-hmm. like, um, and and just like, even in the title, like legality plus mm-hmm. being blonde, like they're not mm-hmm. supposed to go together, but like, you know, and they're quite the opposite of right. each other. Um, and it, it, yeah, it's just, it's it's so good. Like I, yeah. I was like, th- like, this is the year of the Gemini, like, here we go. <laughs> I was like <laughs> ramped up. Yeah, and it's about how you can represent that duality in your identity all by yourself. And it really is the first very positive, like I don't need a man or an institution or an organization to prop up my identity or to legitimize it. I mean- She rises to the occasion. She really rises to the occasion. I mean, she she does go through this character arc where at the beginning, she feels like she needs to be something that she's not. And she needs to, her only avenue to rising in to greatness is through her, her boyfriend, Warner. So she wants to impress him. But at the end of the musical, she says to him, like, um, oh, fuck, what's the line? She says, 
Um, oh, I thought she says, I thought losing your blow. I thought losing your love was a blow I could never withstand. But yes. look how far I have come without someone holding my anyone holding my hand. And I was like, yes. oh, my <laughs> fucking God, that is so beautiful. Like there's yes. so many lines in this fucking musical that's pure poetry and is like mm-hmm. the poetic like it really is the po- poems that underscore that could underscore the movie like it is really such a beautiful liturgical version of what this story means yeah i wonder if palia ever wrote about elwoods like yeah, i wonder I f- how yeah i feel like it's a missed opportunity for her yeah like i i feel like elwoods represents what palia would be interested in because mm-hmm. like Elle Woods like owns her sexuality and has fun with it. Mm-hmm. She's very Dionysian, but she's also able to like apply that to. She like, knows what's appropriate. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this is something that's really interesting about a lot of these early 2000s romantic comedies, especially Legally Blonde, because this was during sort of a third wave feminism movement. And I think yeah. a lot of the feminist narrative in the early 2000s specifically were associated with femininity as this quality that's something exclusively women bring to the table of the world, bring, mm. bring to the world's table and embracing and celebrating that as something that's exclusively female. Whereas now I feel like maybe fourth or late third wave, whatever we're in is more associated with women trying to replicate themselves as equal to men and adopting male-oriented sensibilities and intensities. Because I feel like now, I mean, being in the field, (laughs) um, (laughs) I've worked with so many women who like adopt this very strange Trumpian totalitarian way of organizing the workplace and being very spiteful and uh rude and uh brash i guess and very crude and to me i to me i can only say like that's not first of all that's not ladylike second of all (laughs) that's rude i literally worked with a girl who like walked around in a feminist like a t-shirt saying feminist in the office all day with like her little like uh nike air force ones and she literally like told told like every day she would just like tell me that i'm horrible and would bully me all day and then conspired to get me fired so i just like have (laughs) i just don't understand i think l woods is some is a persona and is an archetype that women in the workplace need to step into because her approach to what she does in the movie and in the musical is all about uh, arising to the occasion with a sense of cheerfulness and being literally being positive, like the song called Positive. Um, and li- literally in the freaking song, she says violence is never wise <laughs> and not the way to win back guys. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's just happy to be there. Yeah, exactly. Anytime I have felt the impulse to like beat up one of my coworkers. I'm just like, no, this is not the way Elwoods was would not <laughs> approve of this. But uh, that, and that's so interesting what you say about like how like 
it like men and women like how like this wave of feminism wants to view wants men and to, women as like as very as like yeah. basically the same they want to erase uh, femininity and yes and masculinity it. Yeah. yeah basically but like l woods never <laughs> like i don't feel like ever was like oh like putting that down no other like she was able to appreciate both you know, she was, and, well, she was able to maintain her dignity and too. the dignity of her identity and like being a girl and being feminine and being pretty is a, and blonde is a huge part of her identity. And she was not going to compromise to do that because in literally in the musical, she's like, it's time for me to go brunette. And then she says, being, being blonde and being hot, that got me exactly squat. But then she learns that she doesn't have to do that to get what she wants. And she goes to the salon and Paulette is like, you can't do this. Like, this is not who you are. Like we, you know, <laughs> you have to do it with and while maintaining the dignity of who you are at your core. I remember when I was younger, I wanted to be uh, <laughs> brunette so bad. Um, and then my hairstylist was like, people would kill to have blonde hair in Hollywood. Like, why would you want to do that to your hair? Like being blonde is so much better than really? being brunette. That's what she said. I look, I look like a crackhead as a blonde. Like I've worn, <laughs> worn a blonde wig a couple of times, but I look insane. So that's why I was mm -hmm. talked down from. Uh, <laughs> well, it's just it's a lot of hair. Well, it's a lot of maintenance, and I think that's something that I mean I'm not blonde but uh a blonde colored <laughs> per wait people who have blonde hair or like girl i guess girls no i guess i guess girls who have long blonde hair it's very common to like get into this routine of uh getting um highlights you know mm -hmm. putting it's essentially what i'm saying is that it takes a lot of high maintenance and i think people associate in a weird like early 2000s way uh the archetype of a blonde with being high maintenance um but what Elle Woods kind of brings out is that she's high maintenance for herself she's not going to settle for anything less than mm -hmm. what she knows that she deserves and that's why like she really is the ultimate la the last ultimate girl boss because not only does she get what she wants she doesn't need to be rude or spiteful or nefarious to do it. She's extremely kind and steps up for what's right. And I just feel like a lot of women in the workplace right now, they think they have to be these like body bitchy broads. And they think that being awfully like an awful bitch is attractive and cool <laughs> and gangster or whatever right. but it just makes you look like a psycho like anytime yes. someone's like well i told him to do this or well, i said according to my per lab my last email blah 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 it's like it's not attractive to do that it's attractive to have an l woods approach be extremely kind and um you know always have like the best most positive intentions because when she in the scene where she gets to Harvard and there's all of these other like nice meaning uh, liberal Harvard archetypes of like the feminist 
oh, lesbian no. girl who's <laughs> like, oh, I joined the Peace Corps. And then like the software engineer who's like, I, I code for a living and I'm going to make a million dollars. She's never like really like spiteful or mean to them or judgmental of them. She just like wants to fit in and hang out and like learn. So, yeah, I feel like every person should just step into a new role with the best intentions and be very good faith. And yeah, I mean, you shouldn't you should just not in a professional environment. You should just not be rude. (laughs) Don't be a bitch, basically. Just don't be a psycho bitch when you're a woman and you're in the workplace. (laughs) well it's like Elle Woods like isn't self-serious but she has self-respect it's you know she has values which have virtually gone out the window in our contemporary culture yeah Um, and it's funny how like of course the people who she wanted to like Warner basically is the opposite of Val because he has no values like oh he, he just wants that the appearance he just wants the title he wants the Harvard name on his resume and she doesn't really care necessarily or know anything about Harvard she's just like yeah I just want to go to law school and follow my boyfriend like she's motivated uh, by what she wants for herself not necessarily what's going to get her ahead or get her a leg up in her career or Um, what other people expect of her yeah yeah she's just like this she just goes after what she wants and in like a very fair game way she doesn't have right. to like cheat the system at all <laughs> well like going back to your like psycho bitch <laughs> co-workers mm-hmm. like just like it, it should be okay to just like have fun and like uh make jokes when you're working with other people mm-hmm. like we're all like human beings at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know and we just want to have fun i know Ugh. god I um I received this email from this lady I was working with once and it said, uh, hey, Maddie, like, here's some tips. Here's an article I found and I thought of you. Um, I feel like you would really find it helpful. And I clicked on it and it was a wiki how article, <gasps> you know, like, just like how yes. to. Yes. It, with the stupid uh, illustrations. The wiki how article said, um how to be or more organized. Step one, write things down as if I have <laughs> never written anything down. Step two, keep a calendar. And I was like, this is so, it's the most insulting email I've ever received in my life. This, this is horrible. And I yeah. should have walked out that day. Um, <laughs> so petty. Like, why are people so unkind? I don't understand. And why is it so tied to like a work title or a place in your career where you have like a certain kind of prestige title? Because all of those things are completely temporary. They're stuck in that Vivian mentality. Seriously. And also the thing comes around. No. And that's the beautiful thing about the musical is that at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Vivian basically comes around and like they they make amends in the end yeah because like yeah. legally blonde the remix that song mm-hmm. one of the best numbers in the show i <laughs> i i cry when paulette and brian or brendan sorry mm-hmm. or um i like river dance like, yeah it's so funny yes and everybody looks like they're having such a great time mm-hmm. 
that's the thing like everybody should go watch the MTV live production because like I just I get the sense that everybody's just having a good time while they're doing this and it's like that's like I'm feeding into that energy and I just we don't get to see that so often in like these live shows that have happened a lot recently Mm -hmm. like I don't get the sense that people are having fun yeah and also it was sort of the last gasp of uh associating femininity with something that's cheerful and joyful mm-hmm. because i think the same uh the same year uh the tony for the tony's uh spring awakening won best musical mm-hmm. and it's like a lot of the very popular musicals that uh came out after uh, the year that this uh, legally blonde musical was written were all of these very um uh, brooding, moody, mental patients associated musicals about like death and dying and suicide. A lot of yeah. like, uh, like this, this sort of like next to normal industrial complex of like very scaled down set pieces, very moody lighting, and every character embodies some sort of mental illness of like depression. And everything wins a Pulitzer Prize just by virtue of it being about mental illness, which is fine. Like that's I don't have a problem with that. But to me, it was just like a lot of like these, uh, you know, kind of like euphoria copycats of being like this is stark and depressed, like the if then yeah. kind of thing. And yeah, uh, I mean, even Spring Awakening, like aesthetically, it's very stripped down we're not really as immersed in the world as far as the set pieces go. You know, I, I, at first I didn't even know what's like spring awakening was about when it first was uh, on stage. I thought that they were like in prison or something. (laughs) (laughs) I thought they were like pilgrims. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, (laughs) it's such like, just like bait, like, like Tony bait or like Pulitzer bait. Like, it's just not like, it's and uh, like I I long for like the big musicals. You I mean, know? it Legally Blonde is a just gigantic musical. When we're in her dorm room, we're literally in the dorm room. All of these like three different set pieces fly in, and then when we're and the warm colors, the warm used, like, the like the pink, the dark pink, the red, the white the sunset. Oh just, yeah, the sunset, uh, the orange. Or yeah, she's got the orange laptop and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, just like really beautiful colors and just very simple, simple songs, but that are like so deep. <laughs> yes. Um and catchy, and like you find yourself like humming them. Yeah. Like seriously, like I thought losing your blow, or I, th- I thought losing your blow. I thought losing your love was a blow I could never withstand. But look how far I've come without someone holding my hand. It's like I cry every time. Um, yeah. yeah. And, oh, and, and oh my God, we ha- like <laughs> so much better. Mm-hmm. The, the closing number for Act One. It's that, beautiful. That yeah, that makes me cry. <laughs> because this is a time in the story where like. Elle Woods realizes what she wanted was inside her all along and she actually bared the talent and the intellectual acumen to Mm. uh, rise above 
of everyone else and be on everyone else's level. Like she didn't have to, she kind of realizes for the first time, she doesn't need to put this pressure on herself to be something that she's not. And like, okay. I want to get the lyrics. Yeah. Let's get the, let's get the lyrics (laughs) up right now. Seriously. Like it's a good, like it's so gay, but honestly, like it is a really good pet, like peppy um, pep talk song. Uh, Just when uh, (laughs) she says like, um, when she like talk, she calls her mom on the phone. Yeah. What does she say? And she says, "Look at my name in black and white. Your daughter's doing something right." Yes, it's uh, so beautiful. She says, "She says, um, oh God, I lost it. Oh, hey mom, look at my name in black and white. Your daughter's doing something right. I feel so much better. Like it's so uh, beautiful. Just to like." Yeah, just like making your parents proud. Like, and that's the thing is like Elle Woods has a really good relationship with her parents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like, like I will be there at eight o'clock when they unlock the door. Oh, oh, I'll even dress in black and white. See, I have not begun to fight. Yeah. Uh and also, and it's beautiful at, at the yeah, and it's beautiful is at the end. She was like, sorry, she's like, sorry, Vivian, I'm never wearing that again. She's like, I'm gonna wear this. And it's like her beautiful um pink like trench coat and whatever. And it's like very sparkly and happy and beautiful. Um, yeah, because it's like the first, it's like the first woman who really truly had it all. She was not able to confine herself to one singular uh box of identity like she was able to have ownership over her identity as a girl as a woman as a lawyer as a friend as a wife like she just like had all of those on lock yeah and yeah like i just and uh, (laughs) i'm chipping my shoulder like she says like no more whining or like uh, yeah no more whining or uh or or blaming whining or blaming i mean literally this is also a story about accepting responsibility for your own mind and your own emotions she has to stop sort of uh crying about her boyfriend that doesn't love her or about you know this person that she's trying to assimilate to or become um, she has to kind of take ownership of it and yes. put her nose to the grindstone and she fucking does it. She doesn't pretend she doesn't take any shortcuts. She literally does the damn thing and she doesn't have to, and she doesn't whine or complain. Yeah, she's, <laughs> not, she's, not, she's not sitting there being like, on oh, the patriarchy. I was just going to say, me. she was like, <laughs> but I mean, it's it really takes a very strong person not to obfuscate your emotions and, you know, blame them on other external factors. I mean, like at the times when you're so downtrodden, you're like, Oh, it's just capitalism. Like it's capitalism. Like that's why I feel like shit, but it's like, no, we do have the power as humans to sort of uh, train ourselves and train our, our brains and our minds to be extremely steadfast in where our position is in the world. 
you don't have to be a lawyer or a, a doctor or anything prestigious like that, but you can maintain a sense of dignity about yourself and know where your skills and your talents lie. And that's, I think the chip on my shoulder um, song, like kind of embodies that because she's like, I'm just going to, she literally says, I'm going to reclaim my pride, like my pride yeah. in myself. I'm not going to like debase myself and like walk around and pretend like, you know, I have to actually, if I walk the walk, I need to talk the talk or whatever, the other way around. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. And then Emmett says, like, you can never tell with little Miss Woods, comma. Oh, tell. it's so cute. <laughs> what do you think of um, Christian Borel as uh, Emmett? I really um, like him a lot. I saw him live in or whatever, Peter and the star catcher Ugh. in 2013 and, or no, 2012, I saw him and yeah, he's a really, really good performer. Um, I liked he's him. So cute too. He's really cute and quirky and very talented, but what always uh, makes me laugh about this moment in time is that he, I believe I'm getting this right. He signed on to this project when he was dating Sutton Foster and or no, mm. when he was married to Sutton Foster, excuse me, he was married to Sutton Foster, started Legally Blonde, and then him and Sutton Foster divorced, and he started dating Laura Bell Bundy, which to me is so beautiful. I love that Laura Bell Bundy broke up this marriage, and I love people who fall in love at work because that's really hot. <laughs> it is. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> like, you have to experience falling love at work once. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> show romance it's it's, it's so, unmatched it's unmatched like there's nothing like it because you're it's like so hot you're like oh my god like we can't be boyfriend and girlfriend because we're working together but then like <laughs> when you go back to when you leave for the work day you're like yeah let's go back to your partner or whatever i don't know it's like really yes, really yes, fun and having like your coworkers talk about you buying your bag I know. And you feel like it makes you feel like the cool girl at school. You're like, yeah, my boyfriend is in the 11th grade. Like when I was like 18, I had like a boyfriend who was 22 years old. I literally felt like the coolest bitch on the block. I, I literally felt like a seventh grader who's like, oh, yeah, guys. Well, like my boyfriend, he works as a barista. So and he has okay. a car. So I literally felt like a boss bitch because I was like oh yeah well my boyfriend he has a uh, dodge whatever hatchback something or whatever <laughs> um, <laughs> that's beautiful yeah but yeah everyone should fall in love at work and also I um, I really enjoy like their chemistry together Christian Borle and Laura Bell Bundy isn't Laura Bell Bundy like a country singer now i think either she was before or she still is um she yeah. definitely goes off like christian girl like she, autumn vibes i mean also another incredibly positive energy vibe to have to have yes. like a christian <laughs> to have a christian girl autumn vibe like it's so welcoming and warm and uh, yeah that is definitely what l woods l woods is also like a christian girl autumn girl definitely yeah when she goes to like the east coast mm -hmm. see that's the thing is like she has so many person like personas like she can do it all mm -hmm. 
she was blessed. Yeah, because <laughs> we all have to like adopt different personas throughout our day, depending where we are. And the best kind of people who are like the most successful just are able to leave their political, you know, alliances, their personal life at the door, really, because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to take it like a, <laughs> a man, I guess I say. In the yeah. No, you're just supposed to take it like a normal person and just be professional. And, you know, she she does that not by proving herself in an interpersonal way, but just like proving herself in a professional way. And she doesn't have to like punch Warner in the face or like step on his balls or anything or like light his house on fire or something. He's She's just like, yeah, I'm whatever. I'm just better than you. Because he, he like, comes crawling. They, they all come crawling back. It's true. Every the time. woman. I know. Yeah. I mean, but that's the other thing is like Elle Woods isn't afraid to like smack somebody. She, I mean, she smacks Callahan when he like yeah. kisses her. Yeah, that's another thing. She's not like these other girls who are like, oh, you know, Andrew Cuomo like touched my hair five right. weeks ago. It's like, no, when Callahan hits on Elle Woods, she's he, she literally makes a scene and she's like, don't fucking touch me, you know? Like, yes. I can't do this. Like, everyone should Ugh. just do that. Like, you don't have to. <laughs> right, because know. like dignity is the important thing. Like self-dignity and yeah. self-respect. Yeah, and self-preservation. She preserves herself and preserves what she knows to be as the virtuous thing to do. And she just does that by standing up for herself when she's, like, being hit on by Callahan. And, yeah, and and also we do... She's not, like, necessarily a liar because we do see those moments of vulnerability after that incident. Yes. Where she feels like, well, fuck, like I was just hired for this internship because I'm hot and this guy wanted to come on to me. She does feel insecure and she's like, well, maybe that's all I'm boiled down to be. It's just like, wow, that, that's actually a beautiful song. What she says, she literally talks about dignity in that song. She's like, leave yeah, what's... the original Legally Blonde. Yeah. She's like, leave <laughs> what's what what's left of my dignity. Like, let's get into a car and just like drive down the boulevard and laugh with my friends and go to yeah. a party, I guess. Cause I'm just like a hot bimbo bitch. Like everyone thinks I am. Well, and you see the Dionysian Apollonian duality there because she mm-hmm. like says, like, let's go back to the shore. Yeah. Back know, to the, back s- to the no, sun. back to the sun, back to the shore, back to where I was before. God, whoever wrote this musical. Wait, like- yeah, it's back to the sun, back to the shore, back to who I was before. Um, the. Oh, hand me the keys. We'll get in the 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 ride. We'll t- turn the put the top down and just drive. Oh. You know, it's really beautiful. Like, it's really is so sad and Honestly, beautiful. Where- where are the writers of Legally Blonde the musical and why aren't they writing more music? Well, okay, you know what's funny about this is that there were a lot of, after this um, musical was made, there were a lot of copycats. So, um, and this was before Hamilton, remember? Uh, Ms. Miranda tried to write a Bring It On musical. Oh my God, yes. Which, which, is, still, which is still touring in the UK today. Doesn't hold up. Horrible musical, complete flop. And then 
there was also which uh, a Mean Girls musical. Still, same thing doesn't hold up. I think Tina Fey wrote it or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's with not, her husband. With her, I mean, not. It's fine. It's not. It's not great. Like it's fine. Also, kind of bare minimum. I, it just really just does not not hit like Lily Blonde does. Like none of these girls can compete. And I think Heather's the musical. I, okay, now I've heard Heather's is actually really good. It is good, but it's it kind of a different vibe, different brand. Definitely much much darker. So not as warm as Lily Blonde is, but well, because we have to remember, like Mean Girls and Bring It On. These are kind of movies that are so intensely satirical, and Legally Blonde is also very much. A, they're all parodies of their own archetypes, but there's so much heart and sincerity in Legally Blonde that doesn't exist in like Bring It On or Mean Girls. Right. You know, yeah. it just is, it's kind of like those projects are very one note um, and probably why they didn't pop off. Um, but it is really interesting because I think briefly after that, I think in the Heights was like 2009, 10. Yeah. Am I right? Or am I I'm sure it's something like that. And that's when the Ms. Miranda empire started to rise. Um, and that actually is a good um, musical. But I don't know, Legally Blonde literally, like people have done that musical so dirty. I don't know why. Like, I think it needs to like have another revival. Oh, definitely. Like, it hasn't been, I guess it hasn't been that long, but I just, it needs to make a comeback because we just need to be reminded of the spirit of the story because it's very, very deep and it's like rings true to what everybody feels going into and stepping into professional life post-graduation. Like you feel like you have to be something you're not sometimes, right. but I mean, you can literally, you can literally show people just by being honest with yourself and others that, you know, you're not like this person, like they train you or brainwash you to be, you can just completely be honest and say like, this is just the way I am, like take it or leave it. I guess, you know, whatever people say, but, um, I mean, Elle Woods has instincts and she follows them. She follows her intuition. Like she knows. Yeah. And like, like the, the pink resume that scented yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no one else is doing that at harvard but she is mm-hmm. and that's what makes her memorable what does you she know? say in the song legally bond where she talks about coming from a place where she was in she was like a big fish in her small pond mm-hmm. yeah back to the sun like- back to the shore back to where i was before something yeah in my very she was in her very small pond because, I mean, she was the president of Delta New. Yeah. And she's stepping into a new, like, large, she's a small fish in a larger pond. And then she's like, just I let lo- me be legally blonde. <laughs> I, <laughs> I loved the spirituality of the Delta New sisters, like, that they, the bond that they had with each other. Mm-hmm. That moment that um, Brooke, Wyndham, and Elle have together in the prison where mm-hmm. they do the like the Delta New hand. Yes, that uh, was such fake well, thing. yeah. This this story is also about uh having very deeply rooted sisterhood and 
embracing yeah. and preserve. It's about preservation of friend friendship and loyalty, and not because, in an annoying like feminist sisterhood way. No, like, it's like in a really honest, very deeply uh, ritualistic, feminine, ancient and, Greek. Yes, ritualistic Greek. Uh, very um, a, a relationship that's dedicated to the legacy of what you want to make in the community you want to build with your sisters um and as corny as that sounds i guess like that is really the purpose of uh friendship especially uh lifelong female friendships um that's kind of what this story is all about especially with her relationship with vivian because she makes amends even though vivian's like annoying bitch who's like just like a know-it-all girl who like throws her out of class uh, they're able to forgive each other and like basically make amends in the end. It's not about like being spiteful or having like resentfulness towards anyone at the end, like not even like Warner because there's just like no energy to be resentful about Warner. Like he's just a loser anyway. <laughs> like, yes. And, and L acknowledges that Warner like had to happen in her life for her to like be able to like move forward People, yeah, people what, what did have... she say? Like at the end, she was like, thank you. Yeah, well, I, I guess I've already said it a couple times, but yeah, she says like, <laughs> thank you for um, being in my life and what you brought to me, you know, taught me who I had to be, you know, basically. Yes, yes. yes. And like people get mad at you sometimes when you have that mindset, but like it's a very like mature mindset and like nuanced mindset to have of like this had to happen for me to have this major realization about life you know I mean Lana Del Rey got in trouble for saying that Trump had to happen but like she was right yeah I mean every um I mean we we can't uh really realize how strong we are without getting our face like kicked into the dirt exactly yeah how how do you know how strong and your the ability and how do you know about the bounds of your strength if you don't have them put to the test you know and l woods gets put to the ultimate literally she has to get test take the test to get into harvard she has to do the internship she has to go to the classes she has to to do the trial she does the trial (laughs) but she's going back in her style yes (laughs) (laughs) speaking of a trial every time i watch that trial scene i mean and this is like any time when like the american judicial system like works out but like i just like get this like major sense of pride like i'm like oh my god like oh my god this okay this also yes the flag the american flag okay so she's a patriot (laughs) this not not only is legally blonde about like positivity being proud of who you are maintaining your dignity but it is also being it's also about being a proud american and being proud of who you are as an american and having and bearing american uh, values of uh you know standing up for what's right and justice, defeat, justice yeah. and defeating evil and <laughs> overcoming every feat of adversity you face. And the scene where she's like, um, hand me my dog, hand me my bag and that American flag. 
because no one screws with someone who's legally blonde. And they're waving the little American flags. Like this is an extremely patriotic, like feel good musical. It like makes you like movies and like stories like this literally make you feel proud to be an American because it really all is about like standing up for what's right, no matter who you are. I don't think that people realize like just how lucky we are to have the judicial system that we have. Like it's to have innocence until proven guilty. I know like, that is just like, like, it's just wild because like there are countries where like you're guilty until proven innocent, like Italy. Yeah. Like, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like the fact that this like, like the system works I mean like sometimes it doesn't yeah but like it's not it's definitely not perfect <laughs> no but, but like, if we have more people like Elle Woods in the <laughs> judicial system we know we're good but like it, it but when it works it works yeah like, for sure like uh, when it works it works uh a lot of times it does not but o- overall it's kind of more about the the American spirit and about yes. maintaining the longevity of the the your your personal legacy and uh, maintaining the dignity of who you want to be and the story you want to tell um i mean and also like as like dumb as it sounds that is also something that in the heights is about right like don't they or am i getting that mixed up with hamilton maybe i guess they're synonymous <laughs> but Hamilton is uh mostly like about like that's something that is what Hamilton is like about like tell who tells your story but obviously Lynn Manuel Miranda is telling like this myth everybody's story yeah everybody's story <laughs> and it's like a mythologized story of the past so whatever I'm not a I don't like Hamilton but it's okay um <laughs> I just I just realized that Hamilton really falls into the like uh deprived uh as that 2010s aesthetic of like minimalism well yeah that's There's the thing no set virtually. i was i was on board with hamilton but i saw it and it looked like everyone was dancing in front of this like fort this like bl- weird like blankety rickety fort with nothing else going on and like a couple pieces of furniture flying in and out and I will, I don't know. It's just very underwhelming. I know I'm more, I'm just, it's not my personal vibe. I'm more of like a Les Mis kind of oh my girl. God, yes. I want to see like a gigantic uh, fortress of a barricade of like trash and like rubble piled up, like yes. turning around just more of my style. I like the um, costumes in Hamilton though. Um but, they do have very sleek costumes in that show. But yeah, but also honestly, but I mean, Hamilton, unfortunately, it's nobody's fault, but it puts a bad taste in my mouth because the uh, really annoying girl I used to work with was a huge <laughs> Hamilton head and she conspired to get me fired from my job. And sounds like a Hamilton fan. Yeah, <laughs> serious. And I was like, oh my god just the worst people i meet all the time are like hamilton fans i'm just like why because it's like it's all interlaced into the democratic party for good reason i mean Lynn i mean it father. just i would have yeah <laughs> i would have liked it more if it just like wasn't shoved down my face so much i yes. don't know it just it just really doesn't vibe with me and i 
I don't like the music either. No. Um, but I, no. everybody literally has like their own. Uh, every musician and um, composer just kind of has their own cadence of writing and their own cadence of uh, st- style stylistically. And I mean, when I was when I was in, um, I played the cello in uh, high school. Like every um, composer I would come across of, like just the, some of the most famous composers, a lot of their songs sound sounded the same or similar um, to each other. So I don't think it's a dig at anyone to be like, oh, it's a Lin Manuel Miranda. Like it sounds all the same. And I'm like, yeah, most people's shit kind of sounds the same. <laughs> The melodies, though, in Legally Blonde are, like, so beautiful. Gorgeous. They're hu- like, you want to hum them. I mean, I know, like, Sondheim, like, uh, railed against the the fact of hummability for musical songs. But, like, if you're going to make a musical and you're going to go all out, like, you might as well make them memorable, you know? Oh, yeah. And, like, the lyrics just so beautiful, not cheesy at all. Like, never once does this musical bear, like, a very cringeable moment. It's extremely sincere in the same way that the movie is. Now, I will say, as it applies to music and the music associated with Legally Blonde, I was very heartbroken when these songs from the actual movie we're not, I mean, this is like my, this is like my, if I was writing Legally Blonde the musical, I, of course, I would open it with Perfect Day by Hoku Ho, the most, <laughs> yes. the, probably the most perfect pop song ever written. I listen to it at least once a week. Um, What's that just, song that um, when she like goes to the, ho- the, the party in the Playboy Bunny outfit, and then she's like, I'm going to show them and I'm going to get this macbook computer i like the song that plays in the back in the background of that scene that's a good song i don't know what it's called but it's a good song yeah well the the musical motifs are very like light and airy and upbeat and like just positive feeling and the music um that closes out the movie i forget who this is but it is a really beautiful kind of um rock indie um girl alt girl rock song about being independent kind of like independent woman vibes um i I really i forget what it is but it's a very beautiful like just like girl rock pop rock song yeah i remember in for the legally blonde 2 I remember they had the rock cover of um, I'm Just a Bill. That was pretty no. iconic. What? Yeah. Wait. Was, is this, was this like a Simple Plan song or something? <laughs> no. I'm getting that mixed up with another movie. Because I could see that. Okay. So, the okay. Hold on. I've got it. I've got it. Okay. Songs and music featured in Legally Blonde soundtrack. Perfect Day by Hoku. Obviously, the best song ever written. Um, a thousand miles by Vanessa Carlton. That song was in there. Uh, I don't know, maybe featured somewhere. Holy shit. We could still belong together by Lisa Loeb. This is when Elle travels to Harvard. Um, and then let's see. 
then can't get me down by low ball L speeding down the street in her convertible with tears in her eyes. Um, let's see. Let's see what else. Oh, magic by the black eyed peas featuring Terry Dexter. And this was when Elle's at the costume party at, oh. in the dorm. Interesting. Oh, and then sex machine by Maya. I love Maya. Um, this is when she's at the hair and nail salon. And then that's the way. Uh huh. Uh huh. I like it by Casey and the Sunshine Band. When because that plays in the nail salon. Yes, and she's talking with Paulette. Um, and then um, yes. Okay, this is it. The end credits are "One Girl Revolution" by Super Chick. I knew it was a Super Chick song. Mm. And then in at like the very end of the credits, when everyone's like out of the theater. It's a song called Don't Need You to Tell Me I'm Pretty by Samantha Mamba. But yeah, One mm. Girl Revolution, that's literally um, the song. And I was like, they have to have One Girl Revolution in the musical. But I don't know. I don't. That's not what they wanted to do. But... They were going for that original score. <laughs> yeah, that's category fine. At the Tony's. But those, those two songs, Perfect Day and One Girl Revolution, I was like, those perfectly encapsulate also what this movie means to so many people i mean i feel like it is like the hamilton of its time of <laughs> because it is all about uh revolting against the elites basically <laughs> <laughs> it literally it literally is revolt against the elites because she's revolting against like the snobby harvard elites it's true she is a working class populist hero yeah i mean she's not working class at all no she's from, but, she's from malibu yeah. but she she has that spirit that energy she has yeah she has a spirit of just being herself and like i feel like a 2022 l woods would want to like completely transform and like make over her whole personality and persona to like fit in with some kind of workplace work style or whatever but i don't know well, aren't we aren't we getting a legally blonde three i don't know Isn't i don't talks i don't want to know i i don't know i have no idea i know i, I don't, don't want l woods for the me too era no no oh dear them. god because here's the thing we already have been through this we know that l woods how she would talked. handle it she yeah. knew she has already told us how to handle it to stand up for yourself treat it at the points of yeah treat at treat the issue at um on at on the, the site at the moment on the site on site and <laughs> um just just end it just put a pill put a button on it immediately that's the only way to handle it and then just move on go about your day because you don't need these um people uh living rent free in your brain as they say yeah, because then you you just become obsessed with people who are supposedly your adversaries when you're actually just inflating them as somebody who's your enemy, and the only enemy is your uh, a self. <laughs> Sorry, I sounded like I have a speech impediment, but <laughs> I just drank a diet coke, so that's why. <laughs> Although Maddie, you are a skinny person who drinks diet coke, so Donald Trump eat your heart out i know exactly he's got <laughs> nothing on me okay <laughs> um seriously 
What do you think of the bend and snap song? Because I think it's genius. It's, it shows it shows the like the power of woman over man. Mm-hmm. It is another song about how <sighs> um, being feminine and like the feminine qualities that we embody are something that are so exclusively and born out of us and come out of us naturally that we're able to manipulate that <laughs> and get what we want <laughs> by leaning in to those talents that we all have. Yes, lean into the yeah. to the sexual the sexual realm. Yeah, stop leaning Men. into those margins <laughs> while you're negotiating contracts, okay? Lean <laughs> in to reveal a little of that tit, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes show a little leg show a little leg <laughs> the men could do it too honestly for the gays in the in the office right yes yes Make, like yeah. accentuate the ass yeah that's what I, that's what we're yeah. looking for yes i like a nice like crusty dusty man who's like not very clean shaven Mm. very like salt and pepper kind of style I think um but yeah no and also I mean what's also virtuous about Elle Woods and her brand is that she cares about what she looks like all of like these other girls at Harvard are very stuffy and bloated and salty and crusty and they all wear like bulky brown sweaters and (laughs) She actually that was the style though at that point, wasn't it? Um, yeah, kind From of the northeast. Yeah, it depends on like what kind of girl you are. Like Elle Woods is like the Elle Woods girl, and then Vivian is like the snooty, constipated, intellectual, serious, thick-rimmed glasses girl. Who yeah, like she's a she's a Jackie, not a Maryland. Yeah, she's a, exactly. She's more of a less of a Maryland, more of a Jackie. Serious. That's such a great song, too. Oh my God. Yeah, that's also a funny scene. Like, (laughs) I feel like that scene on stage is actually funnier than the scene in the um, movie. Because in the movie, she's kind of just like screaming and bawling and like crying. But uh, in the song, the expectation versus reality uh, arc is kind of dragged out. And we already know what's going to happen. And she's like getting so excited. We can see her like getting super excited to be proposed to. And she's like absolutely devastated. <laughs> it's just really funny the way she does it. Uh, yeah. Elle Woods. I mean, I mean, serious. I seriously feel like, okay, we should feminism and like should just stop right at Legally Blonde because. Yes it's been downhill ever since like let's be honest (laughs) I mean I mean no offense to everybody but like I mean how much further can you uh make novelty out of an ideology over and over and over again through many generations like how far do you ideologies keep getting cut in half and factionalize until hundred thousands of years in the future we all just become like weird uh veiny like gray blobs in like little feeding tubes like the matrix and i don't know it's just so frightening 
because like the way we talk about um, gender and sexuality now, like it's like a completely different language. It's so sterile. How people, too. yeah, it's so very sterile and like unexciting. And to me, I'm just like, how many times can like ideology be like cut in half and made um, novelty out of so, so many times until like it becomes communism, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) no, yeah, yeah. Like there's like a, before it becomes like way too far. There's like a cut and paste kind of vibe going on mm-hmm. in every single generation, just like tacking or on new things to it. Tacking to like, on new things or like feeling like nothing will ever be enough because nothing will yes. ever be enough for anybody. That's the thing. No. It's like, like, that's why you have to be um, positive and like be proud of being an American because, of course, nothing will ever be perfect. No one will ever, tr- everybody will never truly be satisfied. But you can make things better, you know, you can yeah, maintain rise your to own the occasion. Yeah. Rise to the occasion. You can be cheerful in the face of adversity. And yeah, a lot of things now are very like nihilistic and very pessimistic about um, your place in the world. And you don't necessarily have to be like that. No, you can transcend it. You can transcend, you can make, um, you can like make your own uh, version of who you, you don't have to pretend and like dress up like intellectual uh, person and like read, you don't have to read Marxist theory to be cool. Uh, you can just like do your own thing. <laughs> you know, I feel like, I feel like at this point, like I don't need to read Marx because everybody else around me has, so they can just like explain it to me um, and just give me all the greatest hits. Like I don't need to read capital. No, I mean, I've read the, nor Wikipedia- do I want to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've read the Wikipedia page and like, I don't, I just don't have the impulse and whatever impulse I did have to, I don't know. I, well, over the summer, I read a lot of, uh, like French reconstructionalist literature. And yeah, like now I Baudrillard. feel like, yeah, Baudrillard and a little bit of Deleuze, but now I feel like I need to take a nap for like five years after that. <laughs> like that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. Um, no, she, I mean, Elle Wood says so many things in this musical about, um, yeah, even a person who's smart can listen to her heart can listen and believe and believe in what love can achieve um do you believe do you believe <laughs> <laughs> uh elwoods come I, back I know. the culture needs you yeah but but not in the third film just like bring back the musical bring bring back the spirit bring back the positivity bring back the cheerfulness and the optimism um and yeah bring it bring it back <laughs> and 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 scene, scene. <laughs>